Pod Tackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast presents episode 829, a most critical achievement, recorded live on August 4th, 2022. Hello everyone, welcome to Podtacular, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. I am one of your co-hosts, Duststorm. I'm your other co-host, Godzilla T. And it is time to talk about someone actually beating Moist Critical's challenge. We've got Somebody is $20,000 richer. That's right. Minus taxes. <laughs> well, probably subsidized by all the Twitch subscribers and donations that this individual got as well. Yada, yada, yada. We've got a new book coming out next week. I will tell you this. This is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. This is... We'll get into the details here in a minute. But, yeah. This is unprecedented. And it's heck impressive. Uh, we've got a book coming out next week. We've got... Finally! Another HCS event happening this weekend as well. Lots of little things happening in the Halo universe. There's... The confirmation of the next drop pod coming into Halo Infinite. It's supposed to be coming here pretty soon, according to community management at 343. So we'll get into all that in just a minute. But first, as always, we've got our Pottacular community update to go through. So GT, I've been gone a couple weeks, but how have things gone? Gone all right. We have uh, been playing Infinite. Good. And I actually, uh, this last week, we played a lot of Fiesta. And out of the whole night, I had two awesome plays. Nice. I actually got a kill with a shock rifle. Shocking, you know? <laughs> of course. All right. And I got a no-scope on a dude with a sword. Nice. Shock rifle no-scope or sniper rifle no-scope? No, no sniper rifle. Okay. Very Which, nice. Which, like, almost never happens to me. I, I can probably count on one hand how many times I've actually pulled that off. You got a bolt true with that, or was it just? Uh, no, he had he hadn't started the lunge yet, but but getting pretty close. He was headed for me. <laughs> Very good. Very nice. If anybody wants to check it out, it is it is on my uh, Xbox feed. Hopefully, more of those plays to come. Yeah. No. There's a reason I say how not to play Halo. <laughs> you get lucky every once in a while, so you know, just it may happen. Yeah, next game comes out in what ten years. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, very nice. We'll see folks on tomorrow as well. Probably more Halo mm-hmm. Infinite, but we'll see what people vote for in Discord. Uh, sorry for the rumbles. If you hear the rumbles, it is storming like crazy outside. I'm hoping the power doesn't go out. So we'll see how long the podcast goes. We need a. Hopefully, your UPS is fully charged. Uh, it, it's charged, but I'm not sure if the actual OTN is on battery. It's supposed to be. Uh, I guess we we'll a, find out. <laughs> yeah. Last time we had a power outage, it actually knocked off the internet, and I'm not sure 
why, even though there's supposed to be a battery in the OTN, but yeah, I don't know about, um, Hey Fuchs. I, you know, honestly, I don't know about mine being fiber. Well, mine's fiber too. It's Fios. Well, I mean, being Google fiber, I don't know. Oh, cause there's no battery. You know, they basically just run a cable to my house is all they okay. do. So like my old, old service, there was a, like a converter box mm-hmm. that converted it to network, but this is different. Okay. I mean, it's the, the, the box that goes from fiber to just regular cat is tiny. And I don't remember if it's got a power plug on it or not. I may have to go look at that. Almost like an SFP. I think, I think it does. And I'm pretty sure I've got it plugged into my battery backup for my, uh, server. So, okay. Yeah. I had, uh, I had, I had an issue with that a few, a couple of years ago, shortly after I put that server into service, we had a rapid power outage. I mean, up, down, up, down, up, down, up, down. Just, I mean, in rapid succession. And it fried one of the power supplies. They're supposed to be able to tolerate that. Uh, Not that rapidly. We're talking seconds. Oh, so it was just constant on, off, on. Okay. Yeah, it it went on. The power went like on and off like five times within 15 seconds. Okay. So, uh, and I'm sure there was a few surges in there too. I did have it on a surge protector, but I, the power supply might've been just weak to begin with, but. Gotcha. Luckily I only had one power supply plugged in at the time because the UPS I had down there could only support one UPS (laughs) or one power supply. Cause each one of these power supplies is a thousand Watts. Yeah. That's blade service for you. Well, that's just service for you in general. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But really gripes me with that server is there is absolutely no auxiliary outputs for power, like graphics cards or anything, which I mean, it's a server. It's, it's, in, it's designed to store stuff. It's not designed to be a gaming PC. Yeah. But I would really wish it had had at least auxiliary outputs for, you know, at least one. I mean, if you want to, you could splice some cables and do it. Yeah, I need a firebomb in my basement. Yeah, sure. You can properly terminate them and make sure the connections are good. Yeah. I, mean, I, know, I, I know how to do it. I've done it before. I know how to do it, too. I ain't doing it to a power supply. <laughs> you just have to make sure you know which one the yellow and the black and the red. Thankfully, they're all the same in every power supply. They're standardized, yeah. thankfully. No, actually, I'm thinking about finding another case that uses a more adaptable power supply. You know, like go to a single power supply because I really don't need the redundancies on it. You know, if it if it goes down, it goes down. Right. You don't have two independent power sources powering the thing. Yeah. Which, I mean, really, one of them is only running it at a time. The other one's just a failover. So anyway. I, I mean, I guess, I guess if you wanted to, you could have one plugged into mains and then the other one plugged into battery. Yeah, good. But at that point, you just plug one into battery and it's the same thing, basically. 
Yeah. Anyways, nothing from my front because I was away for excuses. Excuses. Uh, this week was other things, but do plan on uh, getting some more next week since the co-op campaign network test is over. Won't be trying that again because last time we tried that, we couldn't get people to actually get the game to work. Way to go, three four three. Well, that's why it was a test. Yeah. But it'll be coming out soon, probably. So I have to admit, this kind of relates to that because it was modded. But anyway, um, Forge is looking really good. Mm-hmm. Yep. 343 gave Forgers the green light to talk about the build that was kind of accessible in the co-op yeah. flight. And yeah, you guys are starting to figure out what the Forerunners have known for quite a while, <laughs> that this forge is insane. Yeah. Like, take the script brains from Halo 5, put it on steroids. Yeah. Throw that out the window and totally reimagine it. Yeah. There are some things that if I ever find free time, I actually do want to try to make in Forge. Like a whole, like, scripted... Almost like a game stage <laughs> with doing like the Halo Mall stuff and everything. Yeah. The funny thing that uh, I noticed, because I've been watching Duquesne, mm-hmm. he's posted some videos on it. Yep. It looks really simple. Now, Halo 5's, you could figure it out, but it was a challenge. But this implementation looks a lot easier to, I mean, you got to know what each box does, but it looks like it's a lot easier to lay out. It's a graphical interface for basic input-output logic. And there's another game, I don't think it's Roblox, but there was another game that had this, there's a specific term for the type of interface that Halo Infinite's using with regards, and it's used a lot in kind of like the early on, like elementary school style learning how to code. Well, honestly, it's, also, a lot like, and I know not everybody's going to relate to this, in DaVinci Resolve, their Fusion page, mm-hmm. it's the same damn thing. Yeah. Point this input to this output way. based on conditions. Like it's, it's a very strong interface. It's basic logic. Node-based. There it is. Node editor. Thank you, Fuchs. Yes, node editor. Not to be confused with the node JavaScript library but you have your node blocks and they have inputs and outputs and conditions and everything like that but it's a mm-hmm. very simple display doing kind of basic level programming and on an interface that uses this it's very yeah. very powerful it's a very powerful huh? interface but yeah it simplifies coding makes it really easy to pick up and really easy to find the way objects interact with each other mm-hmm. on, on a node level. So yeah, it's going to make user generated content even that much more on par with dev made maps. The only advantage of dev made maps is they, they have access to like the low level engine code of, I want you to mm-hmm. exactly do this instead of, Okay, I want you to check these different conditions and then it's going to do this. So it's, it doesn't have the optimization as dev made maps, but 
it's very close to the same tools that devs are using to make these things. Like we've had a few calls and they've basically said that they've kind of utilized the forge tools that they've created to block out their ideas before they actually go into kind of the production style tools to make some of this before stuff. So they the actually start hard coding it. Yeah. So developers have been using these tools that we are now seeing in the public for the first time. They're that dang powerful. I tell you what, it, from what I've seen so far, I I'm really impressed and it seems very noob friendly. Yes. But it has enough details in there for the experienced forger to really go freaking nuts. Yep. Duquesne showed off just a racetrack that he built in a couple of hours. Unfortunately, he was unable to save it because the game crashed. <laughs> but that yeah, it was I don't great. Think the, I don't think you could save anything in the build. I think that was one thing I saw. People weren't able to save anything. Yeah. Right. So. Well, I think you could save it between sessions. You just couldn't like export it and save it as a, you know, a actual game type. Oh, okay. You know, you could save progress. You just couldn't, you just couldn't, uh, you know, actually like export it as a custom game. But anyway, gotcha. I, I don't know for sure. Anyway, Duquesne made mention that, you know, he would, he wanted to take it a lot further, but the game crashed and of course it didn't have any type of auto save or, you know, it, and he lost all his work and he didn't want to start over. I believe there's supposed to be some kind of auto saving function in the final version. I don't know if they've said that or not. I think that's supposed to be the case, but I know they've mentioned previously there's an undo function. Yeah, there's undo. Uh, I'd hate for somebody to spend a couple hours forging a map, have the game crash, and they lose all their progress. Yeah, that wouldn't be very good. That's not how. <laughs> that's if any if Word has taught us anything in Microsoft Office, it's always keep autosave turned on. Mm-hmm. Always. So, uh, a couple of the community things since we kind of got off on the tangent there, but Laird did post his final paint job of the Bumblebee kit that he got. In our Discord, which and it looks, looks really good, looks really good. Thanks for sharing, Laird. It's very impressive. I believe that's all the botacular specific stuff. We'll have our Dragon Friday tomorrow. Poll will be in the Discord, so make sure you head on over there and uh, put your vote in if you do plan on playing. You know, it'd be really nice if somebody would code a bot to be able to automatically post that poll every Friday. You're really trying to make me do it, aren't you? You're really trying to rub my nerves to so I can do it, don't you? <laughs> Anywho, yes, I, I would like to do that someday when I have time, if that's even a thing. So on to some of the Halo news for this week, since we already kind of touched on some of the community stuff a little bit. Let's talk about the Moist Critical $20,000 challenge. That oh got. my God. Yeah. So Moist Critical, popular streamer, YouTuber, for those who may not know who he is. I didn't until yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we did talk about the challenge on... Well, I knew about the challenge. I didn't yep. know about him. Gotcha. He's been called like the like the streamer Jesus because kind of has the, the long mm-hmm. kind of dirty hair type thing. There's some memes with him as well that you've probably seen online somewhere. But anyways, he issued this challenge 
for someone in in for, to complete Halo Two Legendary with all skulls on without envy, deathless in one sitting. And it now, has to been, be streamed. And it has to be streamed because you need proof. People have done tutorials for deathless runs and have shown that you can do deathless, but they've always broken it up in segments because you do one level deathless and then you do the next level deathless and you stitch them all together and it's technically a deathless run. But this had to be a all-in-one-go deathless run of Halo 2 Legendary, all skulls except for Envy. No save and quit. No save and quit. So this challenge was out there for 40 days and someone finally broke through and completed it uh, yesterday. A streamer by the name of Jervalen took about uh, just shy of or just a little bit longer than four and a half or six, sorry, six and a half hours to complete it and has claimed the title of this insane challenge. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things in this run that haven't really been done before. Not on Lasso, at least. Yeah, so there was a whole Discord that apparently Moist Critical set up for not just like people that have been traditionally in the Halo community, but there's been new folks in there, and Moist Critical actually put a YouTube video out. There was someone who got the fourth furthest away who had never touched Halo before and managed to just absorb all the Halo strats that were being shared in this Discord server and managed to get fourth place. Someone who's never touched Halo before got fourth. Well, they have a lot of inherent skill to begin with. Sure, sure. But Halo Completionists and Mr. Monopoly kind of got honorable mentions. They got up there in some of the levels as well. I think uh, Halo Completionists made about halfway through the campaign. But a lot of people got stuck at Gravemind. Gravemind mm-hmm. being the hardest mission on Halo 2. Halo 2 being the most brutal campaign in the Halo franchise. And then, of course, you have all of the difficulty multiplier schools on without Envy, because Envy's kind of Envy is gives Master Chief the invisibility instead of the flashlight. So it's kind of a buff instead of a, a hindrance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the hardest way to play Halo 2 and Gervalen did it. Not to take anything away from Gravemine, but the bulk of people were having trouble just getting out of Cairo Station. Yes. That mission is a pain. The very, the very first level in the game. Mm-hmm. Just give you an idea how, if you don't know Halo 2, that gives you an idea how tough this is. Cairo Station is the second hardest mission in Halo 2. And it's the very first mission in the game. Uh-huh. And Mint Blitz looks, makes it look easy. There are lots of uh, shortcuts that were used. There were even new strats introduced oh, yeah. during this challenge. Not necessarily brand new strats, but strats well, that were improved yeah. upon. And There were strats used that had deemed to be too risky. Right. And people managed to make it more repeatable and dependable. Mm-hmm. Like Jervalen, he used the flood bump on shoot, what, what was that level? Is that regret? No. 
No, not regret. I know no, what you're you talking go, about. Where you hit the where the dreadnought's taken off. What, what, yeah. I don't remember what the mission is called specifically at the moment. That's Gravemind. Okay. Um, no, no, that's no, not Gravemind. That's not Gravemind. It's I I know which high one charity? it is. High charity? Because he is on Maybe high charity. That's it. it might be high charity. Yeah. But mm, Yeah, that's high charity. I thought high charity was the one where Chief spawns in the chamber room. Well, that would be the end of it. No, there's another mission in there, there somewhere, is? I thought. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Um, Hang on, I'm looking it up. Halopedia. There we go. Halo. We are such ha- avid Halo fans, we know nothing about the game. Does, oh. does this count as uh, a podcast host gets a Halo fact incorrect for the bingo card? I need a timeline view, Halopedia, not just the list in alphabetical order. Is it it's not regret because that's on Delta Halo. Yeah, it's not that one. Grave Mind is where the chief is sent to High Charity. Yes, there's. It's the one where you start off with the flood by the Pelican, right? Oh no, that's with the Arbiter. No, that's Chief. Uh, what is it? The uh, what the basically what he does is he lures a flood over. And he sword cancels off the flood to climb to the beam, skipping the entire level. Oh, that has to be the. That's not Grave Mind, though. Because Grave Mind is where you're actually weaving. You have to weave in and out, I think. Yeah, it's it's a different. It must. Yeah. I don't know. Oh, it might. It might be Grave Mind, actually. I thought there was one after that. Okay, Halopedia, you're failing me right now, and I'm kind of disappointed. Okay, I, I think you just have a chat list has of, come, of in order. I think the chat has come to the conclusion it was high charity. Yeah. High charity. Yep, that's it. That's the one. Anyway, that one is it's a strat that was developed a long time ago, but it was just tough to pull off. And then mm-hmm. to pull it off on a lasso run with an invisible flood. Yeah. And no reticle. These guys are good. They've got so much mm-hmm. patience <laughs> that I don't have. Well, they've got patience. They've got a lot of talent and they pay attention to the game. That's they true. know exactly where the enemy is going to be before they're in the room. Yep. They know all the spawn points. They know all the scripting. They know how to get the they AI know what to they work can- for you. <laughs> Mm-hmm. They know what they can skip and not break yep. the game. Yep. Yeah. It's nuts, man. Just brutal. Mm-hmm. Anyways. So congratulations to Jervalen for being the champion of the challenge. He did it on the Halo or the original Xbox version of it. He was playing on 360, but did it on the original Xbox version. Uh, there are folks still trying to complete this challenge, either for their own sake or there's someone still trying to be like the first person to do it on, on MCC. There's not a bounty separate for that one, but people are still trying to do it. Just trying to. Well, there are some differences between the original and MCC. There are certain glitches that don't work, difference. that don't work on MCC. Uh, so there's certain skips that they can't do on MCC. Mm-hmm. 
So it can make it a lot harder. Yeah. There's some new glitches, but the ones from the original game are a little bit more reliable because the tick rate is a lot slower. It's literally mm-hmm. double than what is in MCC since MCC runs at 60 frame rate. The original runs at 30. Some pretty significant differences between the two. Moist Crickle in his video said, Dervalin has a, a plan to do Lazo, Deathless, Melees only. So with the MVP, Show, but Melee showing only. What he what he did with everything else, I'd, I have no, I'd have no doubt that he can do it with Melee. Because honestly, he's already done the bulk of it with melees. Because mm-hmm. you have of to melee to recharge your steels. Active camo, hide, wait. Active camo, hide, wait. Active camo, hide, wait. There's going to be a couple of those challenging parts where it's like, okay, the high charity chamber when you get dropped off, camoing, getting a back smack, getting revealed, and then having to run. And then at the last part, we have to beat Tartarus. Like, you melee, you have to get up next to him and not get hit by his hammer. Yeah. Well, the nice thing is whenever Johnson takes his shields down, he does get stunned for a little bit, so that'll help. Yeah, for like maybe half a second, but true. You have to get that timing dang near perfect. But Do the Spectre glitch and have multiple Johnson shooting him. That is true. That is very true. It was cool to see... Uh, his family come in and also celebrate once he completed the challenge as well. Well, that's a big deal. Uh, you know, someone pulling that off, I don't care who you are. That is a big deal mm-hmm. with or without the bounty. I believe Moist critical said he went from about 2,400 followers on Twitch to like 44,000 and had an average view count starting off at like around a hundred and went to over a thousand concurrent viewers on Twitch. Yeah, that with like I think th- four thousand new subs, donations. <laughs> this guy got more than just twenty thousand from Moist Critical. He got like recognition. Oh, yeah. and I hope three four three does something special for him. Yeah, <laughs> like pay the bounty. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, Moist Critical has the money to to pay it, but yeah, some uh, other well, momentum. I, I should like, hope so if he puts the bounty out there. It's not Mr. Beast level, but it's kind of up there. So that was pretty impressive from this past week. I've only watched bits and pieces of the run. I don't know how much you've watched at all, GT, but... I've I've watched some of the highlights. Uh, I haven't really scrubbed through the actual run. Uh, I've just looked through some of the things people have posted on it. The clips and whatnot? Yeah. Yeah, it's... uh. I have no desire to even try that. I don't either. None at all. I will do the achievement for MCC, and that's it. Especially on OG Halo 2. (laughs) Yeah. Low resolution, low frame rate. Take account of the controller is a tiny more sticky. I have to admit that when I do, I'm getting ready to rearrange my area here. To give right. me a little bit more room, because I'm kind of... <laughs> I'm not a small guy. Anyway. He's a little, um, little scrunched in there, you know. Mm. Well, yeah. I mean, I got a desk here. I mean, you know, I got plenty of room over here, but... <laughs> I'm kind of... To get the camera, I got to kind of... 
He's a little scrunched in if you did tell. I'm thinking about actually setting up my original Xbox because I still have a capture card I believe I can capture with. Your original Xbox? Yeah, my original Xbox. Okay. And digging out my my copies of Halo and Halo 2 original and playing through those. Maybe not on Legendary, but... Well, you wouldn't have to deal with the whole uh, screen ghosting effect for Halo 2 if you use the original console versus... Yeah. But if they don't have the update, too, then I'm not sure... Yeah, I've got the update. Okay. I don't even know how you would load it on. That's that's why... Well, you can still get the update. You just have to... There are ways to do it. Yeah, okay. There are ways to do it to get it on there. But both, I, I've got two of them, and both of them have the latest version of Halo 2 on it. Because I was playing, you know, up until my 360 launched, or up until 360, I, you were yeah, playing I, on them. Yeah. Yeah, I was playing on it. So anytime there was an update, it always got updated. Gotcha. And then also before they shut down the servers, I went through and made sure everything was up to date. So provided the hard drives haven't corrupted, which is entirely possible. They've been turned off for a while. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, they've been... One of them has been turned off since the 360 came out, since I got my 360, days before Halo 3 launched. So, 2007. Some of that older tech is hardy, though. It is. Uh, like I said, as long as the drives haven't got corrupted, I should be fine. Before companies My got biggest, greedy and started ris- making risky products that fail in well, three years. Yeah, my uh, my biggest worry is the capture card that I have is dead. I only have one capture card that can, can capture component. You can get component HDMI adapters, though, for pretty cheap. Yeah, but I have the capture card. I really don't want to have to buy something else. But if the capture card is broken, you're going to have to buy something anyways. That doesn't mean I don't want that. I don't want to. And the just saying the the component to HDMI adapters, they do work, but they kind of take away from it. And if you're capturing it, they just, you know, anyway, you can still split the signal off to your TV and it's fine. I'm just hoping that the card I have works and that I don't have to worry about it. Fair enough. I want to try to preserve the authentic. The anyway. authenticity. I wish I kept my original capture card. Well, the reason I'm worried about it is because mine's been bouncing around in the drawer since 10. <laughs> I, only, I, I always forget what my original capture card was. <laughs> I know it's in the podcast somewhere where I went and actually found what it was. Mm-hmm. That's all my original like pod TV videos that I made, like the Halo 3 guys and everything. Was using that capture card, and it used a Pinnacle Studio thing to actually capture the video with. But yeah, yeah. Anyways, uh, moving on, we've got a HCS event happening this weekend with some more drops. There is the NA Super, which takes place this weekend. There's a couple of uh, there's a a charm, which is a little plasma grenade, which I'm kind of curious about. And there's some armor coating as well uh, that's taking place this weekend. So make sure you head on over to the 
Halo Twitch channel or HCS Twitch channel to score those drops. We've also got a new book coming out. So for those that are playing at home on the bingo card, you can uh, make sure you come by next week and say Dust has fallen behind on yet fallen, another book. Fallen behind on yet another book. I'm 18% away from completing my next book. So maybe I should just try to knock that out this week and then it's a net gain <laughs> or, it's, or it's a net balance of finished one, he finishes lost one. one. He finished one, lost one. Yeah, tune in next week, and if you have both of those spaces, you can claim both of those spaces. <laughs> or will those spaces cancel out? Depends on where they fall on the bingo card. So You never know. You might give somebody a double bingo. Maybe next week will be the week someone finally gets a bingo. That means I have to come up with an idea of what that reward's going to be if someone actually makes makes it happen. Anyways. We'll figure something out. Yeah. So the Rubicon protocol comes out next Tuesday and there is another audio preview that was released a couple days ago, along with a cannon fodder this week. So Mm -hmm. if you're interested in checking out a little bit more of what the book's going to be about a spoiler warning for obviously the audio preview and the cannon fodder it's cool that they mentioned there's a lot of tie-ins to previous Halo or like there's connections to characters that were introduced in Halo four and Halo five. Mm-hmm. In the Rubicon protocol. So I know Pins is going to be probably tracking all those different references down, and there will be references updated on Halopedia and all that fun stuff. But that is taking place uh, next week. So if you got your pre orders in, expect the books to come. Uh, get your pre orders on Kindle. All that stuff should be coming out here very, very soon. Or just buy it when it launches. That too. If you're going for digital. I mean, I've pre-ordered it. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. The, the Tuesday, copy. I'll just, yeah, Tuesday, I'll just open audio pull up and say download. I press download button. Now I'm checking to see if I actually pre-ordered it. Anywho, uh, we've got the campaign network co-op flight was concluded. Unfortunately, neither of us had a chance to participate in that because the one day that I was going to participate, I couldn't get anyone else to get the game working. <laughs> and then, GT, I don't think you had a chance to either, right? I just didn't have the opportun- opportunity to test it out. So, we will play it probably when it launches and might, we might stream it where GT and I play with maybe some of the community folks. And I'm guessing... There's been some thought of there might be co-op campaign achievements that may come with co-op. Possible. So. I'm thinking four tank guns. If it's even possible to get four tank guns. It's already, they've already pulled it off. Oh, they've already confirmed it. Okay. All right. No, 343 hasn't confirmed it. I've seen people stream or with video of them for tank guns. Gotcha. Gotcha. So yeah, Pretty already, obvious when you have three Master Chiefs riding in the back of a Razorback standing up. Kadoosh! <laughs> it's more powerful than the Scorpion tank. <laughs> it's a Razorback tank. That's got to be a mission oh, at some point. Oh, which brings me to back to Forge. Okay, multiple people showed this off. I watched Duquesne's video of shrinking vehicles. Yes, I heard about that. The tank shrinks? But the turret doesn't. <laughs> so you have this turret just riding around on the ground. <laughs> oh, that's funny. 
Oh, man. So, yeah, apparently I pre-ordered both the Kindle version and the paperback version. December of last year. Wow. December. Dang. Anywho. We've got... What else going on? Um... Let's see. We talked about that. Uh, Griffball is back in MCC matchmaking this week. And the only other thing that kind of happened over the last week was Joe Staten went on a podcast show of sorts, the Game Maker's Notebook podcast, and talked a little bit about his experience with the Halo franchise, how his career started nothing to do with the gaming industry. And then he just kind of got roped into it Mm -hmm. doing international relations and then doing narrative writing and has talked about a lot about uh, has echoed a lot of what we've talked about here on the show with regards to just how the studio is developing the Halo infinite experience now, making sure that the team's not getting burned out, trying to prioritize and, while trying to be open with the community, not revealing too much of the sausage-making process. Very worthwhile interview. I think if people are agree with our point of view when it comes to the way that 343 interacts with the community and the way that we should be appreciative of how the studio is trying their darndest to get the experience that they know we desire into the game, then it's... It's a worthwhile interview. At at the short of it, they understand our frustrations and they agree with our frustrations. He came out pretty clearly and said that if if we were in the point where we didn't listen to community feedback and kind of saw where the pain points were, then we're not doing our jobs. So they Joe fully admits that yeah, people are upset and they're right rightfully so upset with how things are going. But they've also got to look out for their staff. They can't just run people into the ground and and ruin lives over trying to give us the experiences that they promised. Forge and co-op and and all that stuff. So it's game development is not easy. It's yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Homer uh, or Homer 2K for the raid. Welcome, everyone, over to the podcast. Yeah, burnout and crunch is the quickest way to making mistakes, causing even more delays on things. So Mm -hmm. if you focus on the health of your team and making sure that things are done in a manner that is conducive to healthy lifestyle, then that keeps people sharp and able to quickly turn out results than burnout. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if that's one of the reasons that Bungie wanted to step away from Halo. I know there were other reasons, but the schedule that, because that, you know, even with their current IP, that's something that's, it's been there. Well, and, and, and some Halo of them have been, been vocal the, about. And Halo you know, hasn't been, been vocal. the only, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say that, you know, they're, I'm not saying they're the, that Halo's the only one that ever goes through crunch, but to just repeatedly do it game after game is Halo 2 and Halo 3 both 
they were hammered down nose to the grindstone seven days a week through holidays to get them out on time. Yeah. So I can see where three, four, three would really like to avoid that. Well, and with AAA studios, you have stakeholders that demand results. And when you give them timelines, they want results by those timelines. Exactly. It's, it's not just the studio dictating these things. It's also higher ups and seniors and executives and stockholders, stakeholders who push and influence this stuff. And studios have to fight back tooth and nail to get the breathing room that they need in order to do their jobs properly. And mm -hmm. I mean, Halo 2, while yeah, it was a, a great game in the end, there were plenty of issues at launch. Halo 3, we got a little bit more lucky without having as many issues, but there were still issues at launch with Halo 3. And people remember fondly the aftermath of it because thankfully there was enough of the game that it was groundbreaking enough to the point where, yeah, people still had a good time with it despite the issues. Yeah, it truly, it truly is amazing how many people forgot what Halo 2 was at launch. And and not any fault of their own either, because Bungie did put even more blood, sweat, and tears into fixing the issues. And credit mm -hmm. to them for doing it, but people lost relationships, lost marriages, lost connections with loved ones and friends over developing this game, which should never have to be something you have to worry about for any job. If a job is impact, impacting your life outside of work, that's not a healthy job. It's really not. No, well, Pence brings up a good point. You know, he thinks that things would be different if social media was around when oh, Halo launched. Yes. It would have. You are heck absolutely yeah. correct. The anonymity of a username drives the comments. And people have a lot more access to just shoot off a comment without any thought of repercussion, but also find an echo chamber where they can have other like-minded individuals just echo the same thing. And it mm -hmm. doesn't help anybody. No. The internet is such a powerful tool, but it brings out the worst in people. It really does. And it, it, it all boils down to the anonymity of a username. I don't think it's just necessarily the anonymity because... It is. That's the biggest part of it. Because any place where... There is actual connection to your personal identity. People tend to gauge the words a little bit more. I'm not saying that people don't go nuts, but it tends to be a lot more toned down when the people on the other end of the conversation know who you are. Yeah, but I think there's another an aspect to those for those that do have their identity tied with their social identity, that putting a tweet out is so convenient without mm -hmm. giving a second thought to it. Whereas if you're talking with someone in like a forum or even in person, your thought process is different because you're reading body language. You're taking time to think about it. Whereas social media, I'm just going to tweet the first thing that comes to mind and bam, it's out there. I mean, I've made, I've made that mistake before. I've made that mistake plenty of times. And I've oh, there's been plenty of times I've thought about making a tweet, but I've just I'm like, 
calm down. <laughs> Think about it first. Yeah. Because, you know, it's internet bravery. <laughs> yeah. He's right. More like Thanks inter- for the internet, raid, Hayden. Internet brain, not thinking. Thanks, Hayden, for the raid. We got two raids. Two raids in one night. Woo-hoo. Yeah, no kidding. Someone has the raid on the bingo card. I'm not completing my bingo card tonight. What is yeah, that there's- emote? <laughs> Anyways. It's... I Yeah, the anonymity is definitely one side of it. I think the other side of it is just... The way social media is, it's who can respond the quickest, who can get out the word the quickest. So it encourages mm-hmm. reacting without thinking. Yeah. Which is not what you do in normal conversations with people. You kind of stop. Oh, well, analyze. there's people that do that too. I mean, yes, there and are. A lot, and a lot of the peoples that have that problem with Twitter, they have that problem in real life. Yes. Reacting to part of a statement instead of waiting to hear the whole statement before they have made their judgment right. and voiced their opinion about it. Mm-hmm. So it's a give and take. It's one of those things where after you've been online for a while, you're cognizant of it. You learn to kind of cut out the riffraff. And unfortunately there's people out there that you just can't reason with and you just have to ignore them because mm-hmm. they, they will not talk sensibly. They will not hear other opinions. They are. They will not have a reasonable conversation. And those people, you just have to say, "Sorry, see ya." But kudos for to three four three for making sure they're taking care of their employees. Mm-hmm. There are companies out there that don't do that. They will drive someone to quit just so they can meet production. Looking at you, Amazon. Yeah, there are. There are uh, a lot of companies out there that have rotating door, you know, just revolving doors for employees. And right now, uh, well, right now, some of that is biting them in the butt because of the labor shortage of people that just don't want to work. Yeah. Anyways, I believe that's most of the Halo news that's out there. There's not. Much else going on. There's supposed to be a drop pod for Halo Infinite coming next week. Unishek did post a tweet earlier this week saying that the final details were getting pulled together. Confident in an early August release, which would, if it's not happening this weekend, it's happening next week. So there is going to be, oh, I forgot about that too. Halo Waypoint announced Halo Gear Rewards, which is kind of like a, a subscription type thing, I believe. Thanks, Pens, for, uh, uh, calling that out, but there's certain Halo products that you can buy on the Xbox store that will have rewards in-game that you can get, like little unlocks. Um, uh, maybe it's not a subscription type thing, but let's see. Players who have completed Pins the wants fracture- to take your jacket. <laughs> it, it's not particularly my style, but hey, if it works for you, then great. I, I love the inside design of the jacket, though. So, let's see. A little blurb in here. Players who have completed the Fracture enriched, uh, Entrenched Event Pass will need to log into Waypoint. Once logged in, they will automatically receive a unique code in the Waypoint notification system. Uh, there's a limit to one code per account. Okay. Yeah, so basically, you, you get a code from Halo Gear that you purchase from 
the Xbox store or the Xbox gear shop. And there's little unlocks that you can get in game. Too bad it doesn't work on past purchases because I've purchased a lot. I'd buy more if they had something in my size. Yeah, talk to Tom French about that. Shouldn't be an issue. <laughs> Tom is not exactly a small guy himself. Uh, I mean, John Friend. That I said Tom French. John Friend. He's a tall guy. He's not a big Still. guy necessarily. I'll put in a word for you. All right. I believe that's the end of all the news that we have. So thanks, Penn, for covering my, my butt there with that last thing that they did introduce. Kind of forgot about the whole like last week of things. Caught a few things, but not everything. We're going to have a couple of interviews lined up this week. I'm not sure if we'll have one by the time our next podcast comes up, but we will have uh, two or three happening this month. So stay tuned for those. We've got Fragon Friday, which will be happening tomorrow. Make sure you hop on over into our Discord. Check out the vote. Make sure you vote if you're going to be interested in playing tomorrow. And then join on up with GT for tomorrow's game session. Anything else we missed while we were out that you can think of, GT? Any final thoughts? Nothing nothing I can think of. For the listeners. Okie dokie. Well, thanks everyone for joining in. I don't know if you want to play a little bit of Halo before we completely sign off since it was a little bit of a shorter show. But uh, for those listening via the podcast download, thanks for listening. For those on Twitch, thanks for watching. And we'll catch you guys in the next one. Keep on cracking them trucks. Thank you for listening to Pod Tackler, the unofficial Halo Universe podcast. You can find our podcast on your favorite podcasting service and listen to us live every Thursday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. Check out our website, podtackler.com, and join the community on Discord at podtackler.com slash Discord. If you want to play Halo with us, come join us for Fragon Fridays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time and Achieving Halo on Mondays at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Time. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Become a supporter of the show by sharing the show with your friends and family. Or help keep the lights on by subscribing to us on Twitch, donating via PayPal, or becoming a patron alongside Confal, Pins Halo, and Prestige Ace. Until next time, keep on fragging trucks. <laughs>